0: All right, here we go. It's the SaaS Brand Strategy Show from DRMG. I'm Mike Juracy, joined by the DR of DRMG, Dustin Robertson. Ryan Kopperud is still on parental uh, leave uh, with his new daughter, June. Apparently, according to his Twitter feed, watching a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves basketball and uh, playoff basketball, indoctrinating the child at a very young age with the the Timberwolves onesie and uh, and cap uh, uh, already. So, um, good day,
1: Dustin. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel great. Happy. Feel great. Happy Ryan's finding time to watch basketball. Are you still sore?
0: Uh, I am not. I was the one that was sore.
1: Yeah. I come to find out, I think I got a little bit of that sickness Rachel had. So um, Sunday, the soreness I think was actually uh, the illness because yesterday I was just like completely run down. Yeah. Um, and so didn't do anything yesterday. And then uh, today, back in action, For the time. Yeah. Good on, on did, a, did a F FPT test, functional power threshold. Yeah. Uh, got my new power zone set up. So, really? Paletano, yeah, it's, so I did the power training course and then at the end of it, you take the test again and it resets your zones and then, Oh, wow. All right. Good, <sighs> good, 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 good. For whatever weird bike trip we're going to do this summer. We don't have one on the books. Yeah, we don't have one. on. Yeah. But like we could do a, a
0: hybrid. We'll do have part of it, moto, part of it, mountain bike. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. But, all right. Weird. Well, today we're, uh, in Uh, talking about more SaaS brand strategy. It's what we do. Um, It's what we love. Um, And a weird... uh, uh, Just a blast from the past kind of appeared in the TechCrunch newsletter earlier um, last week. Um, And the the headline was this big news was Clubhouse starts rolling out dark mode on iOS and Android. And we were like, what? (laughs) Like... Clubhouse, number one, but it's like you're coming, you're coming to the table with dark mode, which is something that pretty much everybody else has had forever. Um, but it got us thinking, what happened to Clubhouse? Because it jumped out of the gates uh, pretty hot and heavy. And then it's kinda, it kind of escaped my, my radar. It's just kind of fell off, fell off my radar and it fell off my phone, too. I removed the app a while ago. So Clubhouse, Dustin.
1: Yeah, I think um, when, it, when it popped up you know that they're releasing uh, press release features, it just caused us to ask the question of like, wait, they built a category. They were the first ones. They caught fire and had millions of registered users. They've raised hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. <laughs> they went from a 10-person company to a company worth $4 billion. Uh, to their credit, I do not think they ever hired hundreds and hundreds of people. I think they've been pretty, uh, pretty cautious of that. So good for them on that front. But the reality is, they built a category. It's called uh, social, social audio. Social audio, and here we are. Uh, I think it launched in March 2020. So timing was really good for it. Uh, here we are, a couple years later, and they. They may own that category. I I don't know that it matters if they do though, because um, it's become a feature that everybody's added to their platform. And the reason uh, people were on Clubhouse, there was lots of famous people on there early in the pandemic. Um, It doesn't appear those people go on there anymore. And um, we wanted to talk about what did Clubhouse do wrong to um, not become the category queen for social audio? Uh, and they may be the category queen, and maybe it's not a category. So what did they do to not build the category? Because yeah, maybe uh, it's
0: just a feature. So let's do a quick chronology as we understand it of Clubhouse. So you mentioned 2020, March, right? Was the launch. What was yep. going what was going on at that that point? Remind the, us. Take us back the, into the pain cave.
1: The coronavirus pandemic had just come into full swing, like March twelfth, all the ski resorts in Utah closed. That was a big deal. Um, I think the rest of the cities had already started to lock down. I think Barcelona and Italy were just in full. like hospitals were overflowing. It, it was nobody knew. We couldn't go to yoga. like it was weird times. So we were all locked up in our houses. Um luckily, we live out west, so we were pretty much outside. But people in New York City were literally like sh- shunned up in their apartments. So yeah this concept this whole, of being able to have a town hall on the internet became really appealing.
0: Yes. This whole idea of isolation um, and connection um, that, that so when we talk about, we do our exercises around category design and brand strategy, you know, one of the first things we, we ask, and one of the first things we nailed down is, you know, what problem do you solve? And back in March, 2020, the problem that Clubhouse solved was very obvious, and that was connection um, through um, or uh, because of isolation. I probably there's probably a more elegant way to say that.
1: Yeah, and I um, if you look at how they position themselves today, I think it's still rooted in that. That it's all about people, and you know these serendipitous ways you can interact with people and meet really interesting folks. So yeah, so some, kind of the, the... some
0: of the wording they use is uh, on their site. You know, magic of Clubhouse is witnessing the most mm-hmm. unlikely collisions of people, which is kind of interesting. And then they say uh, we design Clubhouse with the belief that people are at the center of every moment, which I would call happy crap. Um, but but there you go. So they talk about unlikely collisions of people.
1: Yeah, and I again I don't. That's interesting. I don't know that that's a, a problem people are looking to have solved. And when they launched the pandemic and caught fire, um, maybe that was at the root of it. But the reality was, it was just a way to have interaction um, in groups that wasn't really possible elsewhere.
0: Yeah. And so what were the other dynamics or the elements of success that they had when they launched out of the gate, other than just solving a, a real problem that people had?
1: Yeah, they, they got famous people on the platform. Like Oprah and Elon Musk and uh, Mark Zuckerberg was on there. Um, shortly, well shortly thereafter Andreessen gave them funding. So I don't I don't know what the seed round was, but there's a hundred million dollar round by Andreessen that went into them. Uh, and then uh, Andreessen started hosting like their their town hall uh, in Clubhouse. And early on, like Clubhouse had either their decisions or they were just features they didn't build. But I, I believe it was against the terms of service to record the sessions. So I think they were trying to protect it. Like this is a place where you can speak freely and it's not going to you know, end up on the internet somewhere, which is, which was a point of view I do believe that they had early on. Well, it wasn't long before everybody was trying to record them because they're like, I'm going to spend an hour on this platform. I would like to have this content available elsewhere. And so it You know, Very early on, the users basically went against one of their principles or their points of view on the world that this should be conversation that are not recorded. And in fact, Andreessen started hosting their weekly town hall and turning that into their podcast. (laughs) Their lead investor um, went as far as to go against their point of view that these things shouldn't be recorded. And so that was kind of the first uh, kind of chink in the armor I saw where I was like, oh that's weird everybody's just violating their terms of service recording it and they're solving a problem like i'm spending time here i need to get more value out of this content
0: so they um there are all sorts of hacks and workarounds that were going on to achieve that and i thought that was super interesting from my perspective because podcasts um part of the popularity of podcasts you know the, the the um I guess the competition for podcasts was, you know, terrestrial radio or even, you know, satellite radio, which the problem with that was as soon as you turn it off and get out of the car, the program keeps going. You can't stop it. With podcasts, when you stop it and you're ready to re-engage, it's there again. So there's a convenience factor. Clubhouse kind of reintroduced that it doesn't stop. You have to be here at the exact time and exact place or you're going to miss it element. And and it felt like is like I feel like that's why I stopped listening. It's like, this does not work with my schedule. Like people were, were scheduling stuff all over the place. And I, I got a job and a family and stuff like that. And so it's just like, I was missing all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just not going to frustrate myself anymore. But that idea of, I mean, you're going backwards because what podcasts had done is remove the friction or the frustration that terrestrial radio and satellite radio had, had brought to the market and said, no, like, we're on demand. Like you can finish listening to this whenever you want to. And then here comes Clubhouse and be like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going back to live or miss it um, model.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's one other trend, just a helicopter up that's about how content's made on the internet. And I think it was Chris Saka, maybe, maybe somebody else. But he broke it down, like, why why was Twitter successful? And he was like, when the internet first started to put content up, it was really hard. You had to, like, know how to build a web page, host it, put the content up, and get it out. That was a pretty high bar. Uh, Then came along blogging. It's like, okay, this is slightly easier, but you still had to set up a blog. And then you had to write a lot of words because it was a blog. And so the expectation was you were going to you know, have a couple hundred or a thousand words on the page, still really high. Um, And then came along Twitter and and Facebook really, where they're like, just give us an update. And so it was 140 characters like, oh, well, that's a lot easier. That that bar is low. And those platforms took off. And then that's right. Sokka was talking about why Instagram was so killing because it took the um, bar to create content all the way down to a photo. Like, I don't even need to think about what to say. I can just post a picture. And it took off like crazy. Well, I think Clubhouse tapped into something similar to what Instagram did, which is like, I don't actually have to think about what I'm going to do here. I just need to host a room and start making an interesting place to hang out. And if I do that often enough, I can actually be anointed with authority. And what you saw was the people hosting popular rooms really went like full radio DJ style and they would have like soundboards and they made it fun and interactive. And I was like, oh, so this it just felt like a place for people to kind of be um hone their own audience in a in a traditional terrestrial radio format, which yeah. Was so kind of one wild of the,
0: one of the frictions they took away to your point about Instagram is the production um element of podcasts podcasts aren't as easy as people think they are. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to to actually get it. And there are platforms now that are making it a lot easier for um, production and distribution. But all of a sudden, if you were in the business and you thought like, I want to do something audio related and you start looking into podcasts, it's like, here's a shit ton of equipment we have to get. Here's um, the new platforms we have to learn. Here's all this other stuff we have to do. And it, it, it requires a lot of work. And all of a sudden Clubhouse, you're like, I just need my phone and the app. And I can actually pull something off. Um, and so that was like the, the friction they removed from podcasting.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think that was a, a big part of their success, right? They made it easy to do it. And it, that's, you know, that's a great way to start a category. You made it, you solved a pain point. Like it was difficult to produce audio on the internet, but it seemed like one of the critical things, their point of view was it shouldn't be recorded. It shouldn't be asynchronous. It needs to be live. Yep. And that that turned out to not align with uh, the superpowers everybody using it wanted. And which spurned a whole bunch of uh,
0: Me Too's and uh, even, you know, every, every other social platform started looking for ways to incorporate social audio into their platform.
1: Yeah, and then it, it became a feature and other people were like, oh, I can actually improve on this. Um, David Sachs launched the Colin app, and I think he was pretty public about the fact that he looked at the deficiencies in clubhouse and also looked at the fact of making podcasts. He's like, it's pretty hard. Uh, it doesn't need to be that hard. And so he took the point of view of I'm going to make making and publishing audio on the internet easier. That's a, a much different value prop than you're going to connect with interesting people. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, access,
0: access to me, like one of the things I always uh, advise is, yeah. Uh, uh, efficient, effective, or uh, powerful social media strategies uh, give customers, give your audience access to things they don't normally get access to. So Clubhouse was nailing that because all of a sudden people could, you know, pick up their phone and call in and sit on and listen into a call with Oprah Winfrey, or or uh, or Andreessen or anybody else. There was, a, as you said, there were a bunch of celebrities on there, and the 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 power of access and to being like, Hey, I get, I get to call into this call and they're there. Like, that's a powerful incentive. Yeah. Right, so, the, the, so they were the, doing the, a lot of doing a lot of things right early.
1: Yep. They, they crushed it. Then what? <laughs> well, I think early on, this is when, um, you know, not having a point of view that you own and then paying it off in the market aggressively, they just got me Too'd to death. It's like, oh, well, you're just a feature then, because you don't have a point of view in the market. You aren't aggressively merchandising the problem you solve. You're just a feature, and so Facebook, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Spotify, um, Twitter, all launched this feature. And so, this is really the story of Clubhouse. Is if you don't own your point of view in the market and you don't be the 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 best merchandiser of the problem you're solving so that the category has meaning then you're just a feature and you're going to get you're going to get com- you know somebody else is going to build that feature and now you're just going to be compared and so if that is just a it's just kind of crazy given how much funding they had how many smart people they had around them that nobody really saw that coming
0: is the problem they solved the same or have they not adapted as we've come out of isolation um, and that become more social in real life, was there an opportunity to readdress or re-examine
1: the problem they solve? Absolutely. I, I think they didn't, um, I, they caught lightning in a bottle because of the pandemic and then just started growing really quickly. And so it's fair that maybe they didn't focus on like what, what is the actual problem we're going to solve long-term. Um, I think they just, you know, went into full scale and and try to keep the the totally wheels on the like bus.
0: Servers running. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but again, you know, they have, I mean, uh, Andreessen as an investor, you think, you know, they have hundreds of people that work there that are just there to kind of advise the companies and help yeah. them. And uh you had to think, you know, those folks have seen software features copied and commoditized a hundred times over. And so I just don't get how people didn't see that this was going to be very easily installed on other platforms and what, I, what we found is it's not really a killer feature on any of the platforms. Spotify had launched its own app called Room. Last I saw, I think it only had a couple hundred thousand users and now they've just rolled it into the um, yep. Spotify regular app and Twitter spaces. I don't know what happened with that. And then LinkedIn was the latest one to say they're going to they're gonna launch it, which, you know, LinkedIn Live kind of already was this
0: Um, So that gets because that was going to be the second part of my question about the problem they solve, because everybody else uh, adopting this into their platforms as a feature layer. Are they solving a real problem that their customers have or or is it just a me too? So, you know, if we're going through this exercise and let's say Clubhouse comes to us and says, we just need to refine, you know, our story has gotten muddled. We lost our way and we go through the problem you solve exercise. Like what are some of the you know, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, what are some of the, what problem does it solve? What t- problem does Twitter spaces solve? What problem does green room solve? Like for me, I don't, I'm I'm not compelled to use any of them because it's not solving any problem for me, not to make it all about me, but it's kind of all about me. I'm kind of their target, one of their target audiences.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the the, because none of these have a unique point of view on the problem they're solving, that's, that's why we're just like, oh, they're all just me too. So um, if Clubhouse wanted to come to us and try to redefine the category, I think, yeah, we would get very crisp on like, what's the problem you solve? Why does it matter? And and what superpowers are your customers getting so that we can go merchandise those into your point of view and have something that's ownable so you're no longer just compared as a feature to these other ones. Um, One of the things that, and this is, gets to my wording and I know,
0: Um, they call it social audio. So social is modifying audio. And, and to me, it's more like audio social. It's like where we're doing a different kind of social and it's audio based. Um, And this is just, you know, a little bit semantics, but it also, there's, there's power in how, you know, words matter and stuff like that. And social audio is interesting. Audio social, you know, it's, it's, this is just how, you know, like, let's start dissecting this. Cause I think there's something there that's correct and it is accurate and it is unique and interesting, but you're modifying audio. You're saying like, we're going to take audio and socialize it versus the other way around. We're going to take social and audio it. And I, I don't know if that matters or not, but that was just something that kind of struck me.
1: I don't think any of it, ma- the name doesn't matter until you have a point of view that resonates with, with your target audience. And so You kind of call it whatever, (laughs) because it just doesn't matter because you didn't align your point of view to uh, your target audience. Yeah. So So they're missing
0: uh, and and now they're starting to introduce, as you said, like, so what they're trying to do is aim for uh, relevance um, within the market and they're just introducing new features.
1: Yeah. So the best way to know that they still lack a point of view is just to look at the features they've been releasing. And it's just a me too feature after me too feature after me too feature. If you go to TechCrunch, you search Clubhouse, you'll see, I think, eight different uh, releases about features. And then Dark Mode was the last one we saw. And so these are all Me Too, nothing paying off a point of view. And that's the number one. Like, Does this business have a vision of what they want to be? Because their product roadmap would show it. And this product roadmap so far has just been Me Too features. So yeah. they that's if we do category work, it ends up changing your product roadmap. Cause you're not going to be aligned to your point of view and be like, Oh, what do we need to pay that off? And yep. it's probably not dark mode.
0: Yeah. It seems like they're, I mean, you know, they're smart people and I always hate qu- armchair quarterbacking cause who knows what other elements are at work here, but it, it seems like they're wandering around um, and it doesn't seem like, you know, they're addressing any kind of big, the the new big change in the world in a way that's powerful and compelling. So, um and again I said I pulled the app off my phone just cuz I wasn't using it um and so so for thinking about this if there's like three things if uh the clubhouse CEO came to us and said I need some help I need to get the train back
1: on the tracks like what are the top 3 things you would advise Well we'd have to figure out who they're targeting yep right so you Audience, could then align
0: who's your customer
1: yeah and they're going to have to winnow it down right cuz it's it's now just a feature on all the platforms. So who, who's Clubhouse going to be for? Yep. And you know, they started off with celebrities. And that was a pretty cool place to be able to like hang out with, you know, musicians and politicians. I think Barack Obama was even on there. And so that is interesting. Like, I don't have an opportunity to like sit live with you know Barack Obama very often. So maybe, maybe that's how they're different. And they invest and spend money and build features to have celebrities be there and have the customers feel like they have interaction. Just as an example. Right. So yeah, we have to re- so redefine like a, who they're targeting.
0: Like an audio, ask me anything. So it's like, take the Reddit thing that crushes and then do, and people have done that on clubhouse. That's been a model on there.
1: Yep. So I think identify who you're going to target. Cause you can't, they're targeting everybody right now and that's not working. And then we go through our process. Like, okay, well, what, what's the big change in the world that's relevant to these folks and What problem does that create that you are uniquely positioned to solve? And then let's come up with a point of view on that that resonates with that target audience. And then we'll name it. And then we'll give you the superpowers that come out of solving it. And then you have the product roadmap. You need to go pay that off in the market. Yeah,
0: it feels like just feels like something that's ripe for reinvention. It's not the right word, but we talk all the time about Having a compelling story to tell and sell, and and right now this is just this is an example of of feature creep that that comes in and just dilutes your story and makes you a pretty dull brand in, in my opinion, um, because you're just like looking at these these features that are rolling out and it's just it becomes the me too game and there's nothing compelling or no, no reason for me to have a sense or a stake of of ownership um, in the in the app or the service, so it's like you need to become interesting again because you've become feature boring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the power. It's a great, I think a lot of people can resonate with it because this is a great example of if you don't own a point of view, you are just a feature and features are copied. And so we say this all the time. If you're, if you're talking about your product and you're talking about your features, nobody cares. And it's going to be like, who's cheaper or who's more convenient. So, I mean, cheaper is not a case here because nobody pays for these. That's the other thing. There's been no revenue (laughs) model that's ever come out of this business. (laughs) That was going to be my next question.
0: How are they going to make money off of this thing? I mean, that's got to be on the map, you know, a little bit down the way. I mean, obviously it's on the roadmap, but, you know, any ideas on that? Like how do you, subscription, ad base, like all the basics, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could, you know, if you went um, the, you know, interesting people route instead of famous people, interesting people route, you know, you could probably follow a model like Patreon, where you know I'm going to pay to have these, you know, uh, these th- you know maybe th- a thousand people at a time can come hang out with Jay Z and and learn about business from them or something. You yeah, know, yeah, there's there's like lots of things people would pay to have access to. Um, you know, just like MasterClass and all those other things. It's kind of, but it would be um, kind of be more more intimate and different. But yep. yeah, that's there's there's various pieces of the world that they kind of need to pull together to create their point of view on like, okay, this is why this is unique, interesting and worth paying for. Um, you know, and they're advertising and brand sponsorships and all that. But, um, there's when I was Googling and like, just kind of like see what's going on in the space. There are people who are starting to hack it apart. Like some people do it just for sports. There was one called, was it called the locker or something? Um, and it was just focused on sports and you can imagine like, okay, getting coaches, athletes, super fans, like people just love to armchair talk about that stuff. And so I could see a platform dedicated on sports, uh, doing really well and people paying for it, especially if the, if the athletes and coaches are actually going to be participating.
0: There was one experiment um, where I think it was a surfing event um, and uh, somebody like an ex-pro surfer spun up a clubhouse room and invited a bunch of his buddies and there were like five of them just doing like live commentary as they were watching the stream of the event with everybody else Um, and I thought and I was like oh that's interesting again you've got access and it has removed a media gatekeeper you don't have to listen to the commentators that are on the stream, you can pull in other people that you're more interested in hearing from, and you can par- can participate in that in that um, event, if you will, by raising your hand and throwing in some comments. And there's interaction there. I thought that was a really compelling use case as well.
1: Uh, yeah, that is fantastic. I mean, yeah, I watch Supercross every Saturday, and there's a few people who have tried to do like Instagram lives and stuff with it, and some people like live tweet the race. But yeah, because the announcers sometimes are boring. You know, I'd way rather hear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And they're constrained. There's things they can and can't say, you know, because they are a sponsored entity versus like this free for all that goes on with a bunch of bros sitting around drinking beers and watching, watching the event.
1: Totally. Yeah. Like imagine if John Tomac, Eli Tomac's dad was willing to like call the race while Eli was racing. Yeah. I would be, I would pay money to hear that.
0: Totally. (laughs) There you go. There you go. It's the access thing, it's the community thing, and I, I hate to use that word so um, but it's it's um, it's immersive and it's intimate um, and you've got all these powers so I you know just brainstorming on ways it could still work is really interesting anyway um, so let's wrap it up. Um, anything else that we need to talk about here that we haven't touched on?
1: No, just if you want help identifying the problem you solve and creating a POV so you don't get featured to death. Hi at drmg.co.
0: There you go. We call what we do SaaS brand strategy. Um, It incorporates elements of consumer and B2B um, into the SaaS tech world for uh, establishing a really compelling, interesting story that your company can tell and sell to the market, um, to your investors, to your customers, to everybody um, in a way that um, it's it's really fun and we have a good time. Uh, So yeah, hi at DRMG. Uh, If you've got questions, if you are working for Clubhouse and you need some help, uh, we are available. So, and uh, next week, we will be back once again. Uh, And if you want to subscribe to the email newsletter, uh, drmg.co, and there's a form at the bottom of the page where we give you a little bit of inside scoop on the the, um, episode um, and links to some other resources. So Dustin, thanks uh, again, and I look forward to connecting next week. Great.